from Quite the Thing Media. What does SMH mean? A movie podcast with Stephen Purden, Jack Shaw, and Colin McMillan. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 2 of What Does SMH Mean? From G4 Claims Headquarters. I'm Stephen and I'm welcomed by Jack... And Colin, welcome lads, G4 Claims Headquarters. Beautiful it really is, man. It's, it's absolutely roasting outside and it's nice and cold in here. It's which is what, on it, which is what nice. I am all about. It's nice, it's nice to zoom in anyway, it's, it's nice to sit across the table from you. It's actually good to see you, I've never seen these in the flesh. It's, it's good to see you, man. Right, it's lovely, lovely room, proper, nice place to be recording, rather than... The spare bedroom of your house, or whatever you were usually doing and stuff like that. So yeah, it's lovely room, nice. Good man. And obviously, it's been a while since we recorded the first episode. Due to my fault, I've been busy with working stuff. But now we're here in the flesh, doing it in a studio. I'm buzzing over it. I'm here by the way. I've been busy and all. Like, don't fucking make it as if you're you're waste away. We've all been busy. <laughs> I've done a lot of scenes in Coronation Street the last few months, so Mate, it's been busy really for me. Watching. It's been good, man. Are you enjoying yeah. it? It's not really working that actually. <laughs> <is it? laughs> Honestly, it's not a mechanical that real work. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I've been busy. We've heard all the excuses, but it is good to finally be across the table and get right back into it. And a wee break for football, because we've all been kind of football daft during the, the Euros the last uh-huh. two weeks or so, having like little, little football. So we thought we'd maybe bring that in to the podcast a little bit uh-huh. through the form of our favourite football movies. Um, Jack, have you got a favourite football movie? Have I got a favourite one? My favourite one probably... The Football Factory, but again, that would have been out when I was, what, 18 or 19 or something, so it was probably just at that time in your life where you thought that was pretty pretty cool, even though I was never involved in any of that shit, you know what I mean? I could have fucking died sleep, never mind going out and fucking taking all the drugs and smashing fuck out of people. That, <laughs> <laughs> like, that does not, that's not my personality, but the film was... I enjoyed the film, you know, I thought Tammy Hersan was a good bad guy, the Billy, what was his name? I can't mind, but he was a fucking, he was a really good bad guy. Mm. He felt a wee bit sorry for Zebedee, who got a little bit bullied. He ended up going off his nut. But yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. How much of a football form actually is it, Matt? You know? I would I would go, I would, that's the first one that popped out of my head. Bill Bright, was it Bill Bright? Bill Bright. Bill Bright. Right. And Zebedee tells him about how he's falling out in the pub. And he's a bully, man. He's a horrible person. Then you see him, he's a bully, but then the scene where he goes to have his dinner with his wife in the house. And he's sitting there, and he's, he, he can see a bit of humanity <laughs> for him going, you still think I'm alright, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's great, he's like, he's, he's like a parody, isn't he? He is like a parody. But yeah, it's, it's like, this won't surprise anybody. I, I enjoyed this film, but it was so far removed from my experience of what football is. Aye, aye. Mm-hmm. At no point did I think it was good, it didn't glamorise anything for me. Um, controversially, I'm going to say that I preferred Green Street to Football Factory. <laughs> oh, Honestly, I did um, because I, did, I felt it was a little bit. It's a little bit more real. Um, oh, no, 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 come on. That's still in London. Well, it's forever blowing bubbles, right? But um, <laughs> Frodo Baggins, the really <laughs> But I did. I enjoyed it more. I think I saw it before this, and I, I just I don't think Football Factory. If you take Danny Dyer out of it, I think it loses so much. Because no, I gave you Jack Man, Thomas Ian's brother. I don't really like him. I but he's he's not believable in like. Elijah Wood and fucking the boy for Sons of Anarchy. Do you know what I mean? Charlie a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah, I don't know, but I, I, I did prefer Green Street. Although Green Street, I nearly had a tear in my end when that happens to 
It's good when he gets his own back and the guy at Costa the Uni place and stuff like that batters him and then just walks out the toilet whistling the, the West Ham. <laughs> it's it good. Um, I like that part of it, but I don't know. I've got a season ticket at football and I've never seen a fight at the football. I've never made a hooligan fight. It just, it's yeah. alien to me. Aye, same. Especially um, like, I mean, you see like, obviously in the football factory and back to Raven, the, the, the draws getting made for the cup and they're all Bill's out with his wife, Danny Dyer and other guys in the nightclub and all that and they're like, they get him all well and it's like, fucking yes! And you know they're going to meet up. And then like, a wee guy watching that going, I'm shite myself, the way they just all meet up and just write in about it and... Nah, not for me. But, great film, Mike. Well, that's probably, that's probably your two sort of hooligan films, like the two sort of main ones that your mind goes to straight away, right? If you're to talk about actual films that are about football, they're a little bit, I think more difficult to get right because the football scenes in them always look fucking ridiculous because it's no professional football players and no matter how hard you try you can't make a normal person look like a professional football player yeah. and it, the, the, the scenes where they're crossing the ball or setting it up or all that sort of stuff always just uh-huh. fall flat in their arse even if you use professional footballers you use footage and you use CJ to change the faces or whatever I just don't think football as a sport takes itself to cinema no. whereas for ba- basketball for talking sake or American football has these breaks and then these plays that last 10-15 seconds and decide the game and aye, stuff like that aye. whereas a, a 90 minute game of football trying to bring it into a movie it just doesn't really take to it because did, am I right in saying we are shot at glory with McCoy did they use his actual goals that he scored for Rangers but just superimposed herself like a green top on him like a I did, they basically like, like you would change the colours, like flip aye. the colours basically. So aye. green was blue and black was aye, that's aye. basically what it was. The dream team on Sky, they used a variety of different football clubs. One Rangers aye. at one now point. Now you're talking, man, that's, um, that's nostalgia, that's childhood yeah, nostalgia. Dream that. team dream was something team. else, but that aye. was actual live proper footage, and then they used CGI to change the faces and stuff. Aye. And what about Mean Machine? Vinnie Jones? Do you like that? Mean Machine, I do like Mean Machine. Like we've, we've pointed about Mean Machine before on another show and did the, the kind of three variants of Mean Machine because there was the, the longest yard was the original version uh-huh. wasn't it and then there was a remake of that but like was Adam Sandler and people in it that's right Iron Grid or something uh, yeah and I think The Rock was in it and stuff as well Good I Iron. think uh-huh. and then obviously you had the soccer version or the football version for us uh-huh. with, with Vinnie Jones when Vinnie Jones decided he was going to be an actor for a while now he's not an actor he's on like Come Down With Me and stuff like that now that's where his career's gone Aye. <laughs> um, I think he was on The Last Big Brother and stuff like that he's, he's not a big actor anymore what's <laughs> the one with Perry was that Escape to Victory? Yeah, Escape to Victory, yeah. Was Mean Machine not that kind of thing like that as well? Was that, was that similar or not? Similar in that it was people fighting the prison guards and Aye. stuff like that. Um, whereas Escape to Victory was the Nazi captures. They were Aye, there, so fighting at the Nazi prison officer sort of thing. Aye. Um, I Escape to Victory had what, Sylvester Stone and goals and, and stuff goals like that. Goal, uh, Aye. Aye. Um, and Pelly and I think in Escape to Victory a lot of the football was Ipswich Town at the time. Was, uh, the guys could and did that as well um, but yeah I think people always talk about Escape for Victory as being a really really good one um, the other one that sticks out as well is one I only saw a couple of years ago for the first time Mike Bassett Mike Bassett England manager was it yeah Mike Bassett England manager was decent but again very much of it's time very much it's a bit mu- slapsticky, it's it? a bit slapsticky but you could see the similarities between that and the Graham Taylor documentary that was uh-huh. um, about his time at England yes. very much taken from real life what was going on because I think back in 80s and 90s football management was a little bit 
harem scaring me, like, like a little bit. It's not as professional as it was nowadays. You probably had to deal with bigger characters. There was booze in the scene, there might have been drugs in the scene. So I think Mike Bass had done that particularly well. I, I quite enjoyed it. We done that again, we done it on another podcast a while ago. Sort of reviewed that and again just of its time. But we watched it a year ago and it still still stands up. It did. I think it was decent. You're yeah. right to call it that to me. That we watched a number of football documentaries of around the same time as well, and it was, believe it or not, quite true to life in terms of the pressure he was under and the uh-huh. shit that he got. And uh-huh. you got a wee bit of hooliganism in that as well when aye, the, the English and the Scotland fans met in the airport, mm. remember? Aye. So, a little bit of sectarianism in there as well that you probably wouldn't get in films nowadays with uh, Eng- the English football team, the Irish football team calling aye, each other aye. some names that you might not get away with nowadays, yeah. but. I'm yeah, going to throw one in there, guys. Right. The Damned United. Right, I don't know what you're talking about. Is that, is that the... <laughs> no. Uh, that's uh, the manager one about... Um, what's his name? Puff. Puff, yeah. Aye. I've seen like the first ten minutes of it or something that like that. That is a... It's just a kind of... Think about it to begin with. That is like... It's class. It's a... Sheen is amazing. It's Michael Sheen, I have seen it. Sorry. So is, it, is it a film or is it a documentary? No, it's a film. It's, it's a film. film he's uncanny, his performance is uncanny. Playing Clough, and then you've got touches on the Leeds team for that time as well. Stephen Graham's in it, Martin Cox is in it and stuff. It's it's genius, it's a work of art. Do you, know, do you know what puts me off it? Mm. I always thought, all the interviews and all the stuff I've seen about Cloughy over the years, I was just saying he's a bit of a dick. Mate. That's but He's I, I know what you mean, I know what you're saying, but you can't even, as much as I think looking back he was a bit yeah he could walk the walk as well. Oh yeah, he's got his one European titles and stuff like that. I mean he knew what he was doing, but watch that movie though. Okay. Sheen was good, I have no yeah. now that you mentioned it, Sheen was brilliant, isn't it? He was class. Stephen Graham, is he Billy Bremner? He's Billy Bremner, I think. He's Billy right. Bremner, right? So he's got a bit of a Scottish accent, yeah. you know, but Stephen Graham's a great actor to be fair. He doesn't do things. He doesn't. He is. He is probably the best actor of the the day. I'd say. I of the. He's definitely the, on on the, the uh, right now on mm-hmm. in Britain. He's light years ahead. Yes, obviously. Ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only the very last football one we mentioned, um, which is one that's so bad it's good, is in uh, goal. Oh, is that become like there's another like, a goal eight it's, it's like the Fast and Furious yeah it's, it's so so bad it's good he started Newcastle went to Madrid and then the third one I've not seen I think was at the World Cup of Mexico yeah. I've yeah. never seen any of them I've not seen any of them but I've but heard it's they got like big cameos Beckham was in it yeah. Zidane I think was in it at a point Zidane you know like they come across these guys in bars and stuff like that and they've got their very one or two lines that they say but it was it was all right, but that fell down really bad about the thing we were speaking about earlier, that the football action was just awful. Like, the wee boy couldn't... It, they just couldn't edit it right. It just looked... It looked mince. But goal was actually all right. They, they pumped a lot of money into that. They pumped a hell of a lot of money into the advertising and stuff like that. And it was all right, two and three. I don't think I've seen them, to be no, honest with you. The first one's so bad, it's great. It's worth I, see, I, I like things like that as well. They're so bad. They're good. Definitely what about Bender and Beckham? That's a bit of a... I've never seen it. No, I used to... What's her name? It's in it. What's her name? Oh, my God. The main girl on it. Tell us your story and I'll find out her name. Because when I was younger, me and my wife are still together at the moment. We go together and we're very young. And we had DVDs back in the day. Used to watch DVDs. She always had Bender and Beckham and that was one we put on. And I thought it was all right. I can't remember her name, but she's... 
She was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Kira Knightley. I thought it was all right. I thought it was all right. It was. It's an enough film. Yeah, like I said, very much. Again, all of its time, a British-made film. There was a few of them kicking about. They were similar in tone and style, but weren't all about football back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember off the top of my head what they were called, but Bendel Beckham was decent enough. And again, different because it was about it was about girls. Yeah, you know I mean, like you don't, you don't think about football. You don't think about. A lot of people don't think about women when they think about football. Do a little bit now, but that was 20 years ago. Kenny's nice. And also, quite a high Asian cast as well, mm-hmm. which was, mm-hmm. at the time as well, you wouldn't have put that and women's football together. So, fair play to it. Um, a challenge for you both. We've talked quite a bit about kind of football movies. Can either of you name a better sports film than Cool Runnings? Oh, better sports film. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, hold on. Cool Runnings is up there, isn't it? Rocky Four specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I love Rocky Four. I like the Rocky Four, to be fair, but it's like a new dead man. That's, that's like a, that's definitely a thing for me. It's cool. I'd watch it over and over again. I'm surprised it's not been remade. It's, that's that who they pride for a remake, you know what I think? It's class, man. It's so good. As it's like, I watched it with my boy not long ago, and my daughter, and gives me and my wife. We used to watch him when younger as well, and it's, it's, it's timeless. I don't know who would do the John Candy, maybe like Kevin Hart or somebody, but. We need to and do the kind of hopeless manager type role thing. Ah, he's coach. Billy Bob Thornton. That could work, yeah. Could Pure work. down and out, Billy Bob Thornton. Just yeah, in a, like bad sadness though. In a Caribbean bar, just sitting careers washed up, he'd be brilliant at that. And then you've got this bobsled team coming in. I've not seen him in a, a film since that one with Halle Berry, but he's a really horrible fucking... Monsters Ball? Yeah, yeah, he's horrible, isn't it? That's a sad. Heath Ledger's in that as well, man. That's a, that's a deep film. It's a pretty dark film, that. It's the last thing I've seen Billy Bob Thornton in, yeah. Best sports movie for me, but Raging Bull. Guess what? Guess what? Both of them. I've never seen it, no. And now, a word from our sponsor. G4 Claims. You've probably heard the lines before. Have you been involved in an accident? Were you the passenger? Here's something you might not have heard. G4 Claims can help you with your not-at-fault claim for free. They supply a like-for-like replacement vehicle. They can set up your injury claim and don't take a percentage. All your compensation comes to you. G4 Claims services are free, with charges going to the at-fault insurer. Not at fault claims on your side. Call us on 01698 767172. So on our last episode, we spoke a fair bit about the movies of 1994. We fought long and hard about what to do in the rest of this episode, and we decided to talk about the movies of 1995. Um, Genius, you may notice a pattern as these episodes go on. Um, but as, as good as 1994 was, 1995 isn't far behind it. There's some really, really good stuff here. Um, Stephen, let's start with... I'm still, I don't know if I can start anymore that you've not seen Raging Bull. Oh, stop stop like being Raging Stephen and move on, man. Raging Stephen. I can't get in it. I can't get in it. Yeah, let's, 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 what were you saying, Colin? What I was saying was, before you so rudely interrupted, yes. um, let's start with the film Seven. Uh, mm-hmm. David Fincher, Tales of a Serial Killer, Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, a guy basically knocking folk off but using the, the seven deadly sins and reading little clues and different methods of murder and stuff like that. Really good film. 
I really, really liked it. I remember at the time, I was very young, 12, getting away my age now, I remember seeing it. For the listeners that haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil it. The bit at the end still gives me the fear when I watch it to this day, when they come in the box. Aye, and you can see Brad Pitt's face, his performance is amazing. He's, what's in the box, what's in the box, and also it's not literally going off Balfour's head, but it's his missus' head, you know what I mean? So it's Kevin Spacey, I think that kind of, we'll talk about it later on, he's in obviously a few suspects as well, but I think that year kind of, as much as his career's took a wee bit of a dodgy turn. <laughs> Maybe stage, right. A wee bit of a dodgy turn. I think that was the kind of, when he came to the forefront of people's attention, you go, he's a very big, because no matter what he's done in his life and what press he's getting, you kind of forget he's a fucking really good actor. No, you can't I mean, take so away the art and stuff. He's, he's got a cracking IMDB page. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't find the word for CD <laughs> there, right? So IMDB page. <laughs> he's coming to use that for, <laughs> oh, if you fucking see my IMDB page. <laughs> Um, so he's a great actor, he is, and he was chilling in that. Chilling. Yeah, I think Morgan Freeman and obviously the kind of dynamic with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman in it. You don't really know what you're going to get with Morgan Freeman. He's quite quiet and kind of standoffish, but then there's this, it goes on and you see spending time at his house, and I think him and Gwyneth Paltrow's character became quite close as well, and he became quite a kind of mediator between the two of them, and yeah. Brad Pitt's obviously getting embroiled in the case. Jack, this was 26 years ago, and Stephen mentioned that Brad Pitt was really good in it. Brad Pitt is so much more than just this big, pretty face. Like He genuinely is a great, oh, great oh. actor. Probably better than he actually gets credit for, um, especially some of the later stuff he's done. That last Tarantino one that he did, what was it? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, he oh. was amazing in oh. that. So, so good. Um, he's got a great old bunch of films that he's done. Yeah, I've still not seen that. Like My favourite story about Brad Pitt is from Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was split up with his missus back in the day, but he went back to his house to pick something up. It was still his house at the time, and his wife was sleeping with this wee white guy, and the wee white guy was Brad Pitt before he made it. Before Mike Tyson made his breakthrough back in the day, I really. And Mike Tyson was like, you've not seen Mike Tyson's one man show? No. Brilliant, right? Watch it. Uh-huh. Spike, Spike Lee's got stuff to do with it, I think. But yeah, I Mike Tyson got home. He seen that wee surfer dude guy in the car his missus and he, he said the fear in the boy's eyes was something that just made him feel like the proper man but yeah it was Brad Pitt sleeping wow. with Robin can't remember her name but Robin Wright I think that would have been her aye so no way and that's that a fucking <laughs> I, mean, I, I think we can better that story than this podcast no, that's <laughs> what a story that is I don't, I don't know what's worse your wife's head in a box or I gone with a bird oh, sorry gone with a lady in Cancel. A man comes home. <laughs> <laughs> and a man comes home. And it's Mike Tyson. <laughs> You're fucking. You're going, what the? Of all the guys, man. Uh, Mike Tyson, he said to, he held himself back. Because at the time, I think he may have been in therapy or something, but he never attacked him. It's not always been great holding himself back. Yeah, so that's not. one thing, I suppose. Well done, yeah. Mike. Yeah, one man show. So that was decent, but that's about off piece. Like, so the seven deadly sins, basically. Mm-hmm. What one, if any? Are you guilty of there's lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, pride? I'm pretty gluttonous. I'm a big lad. We're not filming this. I don't think anyway, unless there's any secret cameras in this G4 claims place. But yeah, I eat quite a lot. I eat at the wrong times and the wrong stuff. So that would probably be mine. I think I struggle to tell you when I'm not. <laughs> yeah, that is true actually. Guys, you're reading this like, fuck shit. Oh no. So, um, I think we're all guilty. Right, let's go through them one at a time, right? Lust, I'm 
I'm not full of lust myself, what are you calling me? I'm lust after my wife every single day. Snap. She's a big lust, snap. Snap, <laughs> bye. Uh, okay. I can cut. Gluttony, we've agreed on that. My wife. My wife. Gluttony and greed, they're kind of similar. I suppose greed is more possessions and Aye. things like that as well. You like your stuff, Colin, I know that. I like my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what a statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, and I go with the beat as well. I've never ever got McDonald's and not went large. So oh, I know. That's stuff. gluttony. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's the gluttony stuff. Greed, I'm not good at waiting for things or saving for things. I just need to get them straight away, which makes it really difficult for Christmases and birthdays because they still try and buy me something whenever they pop it. You want everything yesterday. Uh, yeah, totally. And what about slothing about, Stephen? Sloth? Lazy? I nowadays I think I think the whole world has went that way. I maybe I think it's quite hard. I mean, I was talking to my neighbour while I was painting my fence yesterday, the rock and roll life that I've got. But I speaking about how I used to play five, used to go a wee run and again, keep myself active, that's kinda of went downhill a wee bit. I think it's due to the whole pandemic and the comfort zone and nobody would go anywhere at the end. Mm. So I've got that a wee bit aye, a wee bit. Has that made you angry as well? Has that made anybody angry? Makes me angry with myself a wee bit. Right, okay, so we're getting there. We're hitting, we're hitting all five so far. Envy, envy of yeah, people's see. stuff <laughs> again. Yeah, so about stuff. <laughs> see, see, these people that win the lottery, I hate every one of them. <laughs> see, the only thing that hates me more is that in the paper, window cleaner wins fifty million in the Euro Millions, <laughs> but he's still doing his rounds tomorrow. Like, Fuck off, you! What are you doing, man? So yeah, I get, I get me again about stuff like that. that <laughs> Pride in's the last one, so Pride. You've got a hat on because you were scared that people might show your hair today, Colin, so you have. Pride. I need a haircut, it's a disaster today, man. So I got a uh, hairband under the hairband. As soon as you're back to the envy thing, <laughs> I'll just get my second hair transplant, and he's putting a hat on to cover his long fucking beautiful locks, and sits and actually waves it in my face like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> L'Oreal, mate. See, we're, we're back to envy now, for me, with that. Aye. I think they're all pretty common, you know. Um, but supposedly, I think if you do any of them, you get fucking set in fire or something, I don't know. Kevin Spacey cut your leader. That's it, mate. Mm -hmm. Bang, was it? Bang, was it? Really yeah, I thought it was a brilliant film. Yes. I thought it was great. And I think it's a film as well that you could watch it today. Yes. Even though you know everything that's happening, you know the twist and all that, and you're still going to be there to your seat and you're going to probably appreciate it even more. It's I think it gave birth to films such as Saw and stuff like that. You know, because yeah. the, the, the crime scenes were very fucked up. And then obviously that's all that's so done for eight or nine movies as well. That's bizarre. They've got a fucking ride in Universal <laughs> Studios or something as well. So, like, it sort of spawned that that very graphic nature of killing people in a certain not f funds, not the right way, but like a. <laughs> oh, I'm David Fincher. Twisted way. Aye, he absolutely captures that man. Like, see when you watch that film. Even with the weather, with the rain, and they're walking through, and they come in, the big guy's bent out of the table, fuck it. He gets the whole... There's the, he doesn't put any punches with the crime scenes. That's mm. what it is when he gets it. The gruesome deaths as well, because <coughs> of with like Final Destination and stuff like that as well. Mm -hmm. like, I remember that, that very first, that's the first Final Destination the film. The plane, the wow. person walking in front of the bus was Aye. one. Mm -hmm. um, the person set herself on fire in the kitchen. It's just brutal, but it became a... Trope of these films that probably off the back of this. Aye, definitely. 
Do you think he, do you think you can go overboard then? Like Shaw, maybe I've done like you can t- just take it too far. Like it's, you've got to do it right. Yeah. Hostel and all that. I think all they kind of thought I was never a massive fan of Hostel nah, to be they're honest. Off, they're off of me. They lose their for me films like that lose the shock factor if you know what I mean. When I watch a film like Seven, I go holy fuck, man, that's brutal. But then you watch these films, it's like whoever's making these films, they keep quite self indulgent. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You watch it going. You're just fucking slitting a guy's fucking leg open for the sake of it. It's shock for shock's sake rather than actually <coughs> sort of any benefit to the story and the six or seven murders in seven were done well, I suppose, even aye, though they were pretty aye, gruesome. Aye. Oh, yeah. Like I say, it's quite realistic and in your face and that's the way probably if you're a detective in America or anywhere, that's what can happen, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, next film from that year, Heat. Oh! How long have we got here? <laughs> oh, how long, long have we got? See how long it takes. Uh, Michael Mann's Heat. It was a remake of a film that somebody made previously. Um, he'd made a TV show oh, or a low budget film or something before it. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. was, he finally got some money to make it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably the, the thing that everybody talks about with Heat is Aye, the, 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 the coming together on screen. That uh, Robert De Niro is and what Pacino. made me want to be. Right. I thought you were going to say a gangster. But <laughs> <laughs> but as far back as I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember. I remember it like yesterday. I remember the whole hysteria and the hype that Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, because they were in The Godfather Part 2 together, but they never had a scene together. Do you know what I mean? But on screen together, and I remember being like, I mean, I was away and I was only 12, but just going, I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see it. My mom and dad said, I can't wait to pictures to see it. I'm going to take my pictures because I was too young. And anyway, it comes out, watch it, and just being transfixed. And it was quite. A different take for like Goodfellas, Casino, Godfather, all that because it's more just kind of it's more like cops and robbers. Do you know what I mean? But just they two together was that coffee shop scene where there's a mutual respect for each other. Both of them are kind of when he talks about his family and he's got a woman. He goes out to Rob and Pacino says to Dino, "What are you a fucking monk?" He's like, "No, I've got a woman. I've got a woman." But Dino's more quite guarded. Doesn't give much away. But you can tell there's there is a there, there's a respect for each other. He respects him as being a cop because if I get you, I need to take you down, I need to take you down. But oh, it was, it's better than Paul. <laughs> no, it's, it's got a special place for me because it's one of my first DVDs I ever owned. Mm-hmm. I remember getting a DVD player and the thing you could go to HMV and they did like four DVDs for 20 quid sometimes mm-hmm. or four for 30 sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting a bunch of DVDs and heat because I worked in a local like, grocers at the time. I was only like 15, 16 or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember the guy that worked in the shop telling me, Watch it, it's got a car chase in it, it's amazing, you'll just love it. And I got it, but it always sticks in my head because it was the time when all your media and all your DVDs were at their pride of your place in your house, in your bedroom, you had them on your shelves and all that. Mm-hmm. Now I don't have any, but back then I did, and it came in one of those shitty cardboard boxes rather than a plastic proper box. Gutty. So annoyed by it, so right, annoyed. Right. Stupidly annoyed, but just thought, it's ruined it, it looks shit. Right, right. It doesn't, and it, it can so easily just. Yeah, it doesn't line up properly right. on the shelf and everything, but. What did you do with your DVDs? I music magpied a big bunch of them. I gave a bunch away to pals as well, and I just didn't need them. It was when I was moving out of my flat in my house, I just I don't need these in my life anymore. Everything's available online. Jack, you still got DVDs? No, I sold them all to either music magpie or took them in a big bag up to Thorpe or somewhere like that and got. Not when they've been Thorpe, it would have been one of the cash generator places because I think Thorpe or something stopped buying DVDs. Like we're not buying them anymore, so like cash generator would have paid. 20p a whip, I think. You know, so I took a bag, must have been 100 and got oh. five, six pounds on or something. Yeah. 
Just to get rid of them. Yeah, just to get rid of them. I've got to the stage though where I, I can literally get something on my TV now quicker. Ah, I can go up to the shelf and get it. Of course. Put it in the PlayStation. Mine's are still sitting in my loft. I renovated my garage, turned it into my man cave, got rid of all my DVDs, put them up my loft, and my missus was nipping my head saying, What are you doing with them? I just can't get rid of them. Even though I'm probably never going to look at them. At never? Time. No, you won't. No. I won't. I, I, kept, I just can't. I kept three box sets. Right, I've, got, I've got a football. Collection of mm-hmm. DVDs from a certain number of seasons from the nineties. I've got, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got the full box set on Blu-ray. I've lost, mm-hmm. and I've got the original Star Wars box set, and I, I kept them because they still looked pretty cool on the shelf. Aye, aye. And the only one that's still on my shelf is the the lost one. Mm-hmm. It would be different, I think, if you had like maybe family videos or something. I'm only saying this because me and Carm Carm put out a video player there, aren't they? a VHS aye. player. And VHSs, and she put these old VHSs in. She didn't know what was going to be on them, and it turned out to be like our sister's thirtieth birthday party and oh, stuff like that. Things yeah. like 30, 40 years ago, and it was like it was nice to sit and watch stuff like that, ah, you know. Was, but when it when it's fucking like Kangaroo Jack on DVD or something, you know, like they can't fucking watch. Nobody's want to watch that in thirty years time, no, you know. So. I don't see the point in why you're keeping them there, mate, to be mean, honest with you. I just can't, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a sentimental, I don't know, I just can't, I don't know. Just take your kids out one day for this being, right? Aye, fucking DVD. I don't know that one. What about Heat, Jack? What about Heat? Heat is a film that I haven't seen in 20 years, really enjoyed it. My dad was not big into films, but he, he loved Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. so he let me watch it when I was, when I was younger as well, so, like... That memory of maybe sitting watching it with my dad is something that I remember more than the actual film, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't have, like, massive memories of the film, although you spoke about that respect thing. Do you think that's a real thing in real life? Because you see it in documentaries where they'll interview a gangster and they'll be like, oh, it's his job to catch me, it's a game, and then you'll interview the cop. Or do you think that's just pushed now again? Just as a sort of documentary trope that because the cops must fucking it's very filmable, but the gangsters must hate the police for every fibre of their being because they're going to take everything they've gained away from them, and the police must hate the gangsters <laughs> because they have them work to do. So I don't, I don't folk give me work in work, and I don't like them. <laughs> 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 they send me spreadsheets, <laughs> so it must be even worse for that. I, I think, it, but it's a nice story for Hollywood. It's a nice story, but I think even when you like, I'm big on the Sopranos and stuff, and. There's a lot, there's like Agent Harris in The Sopranos always has a scene with Tony in the dairy or whatever, and Sadri Arlston always... They always have a nice conversation, they always sit and respectfully and talk. She's, I, I believe in America, or even here as well, I believe a lot of the coppers need these bad guys to go, look, I'm trying to get after him, I know you know him, and I can give you a dot on him if you give me something on him, or that, it works that way. Yeah. But whether, like De Niro and Pacino sitting there, and he's after him and they're just sitting having a coffee together. I think, but to believe the romance, the romantic side of Hollywood, I just went, when I seen that, I was like, holy fuck, man. It's like, it's like just an act off. It's not going to turn them on, just, it's, they're not even doing anything. But do you think subconsciously they burn, but like, oh, I, trying, oh, or even consciously trying I, to outact each other? I'm going to be better than him. gets a line or something, they're going to gain on his single one bastard. He don't <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like me and you and my potting jack, man. I can't remember how I was. I stole my line. <laughs> okay, fancy that would be. Um, we, we mentioned this film a bit earlier on, um, but we'll talk about it in a little bit more detail now. Um, 
who is Kaiser Sozy? Oh, the usual suspects. Um, I think it's up there. If you tell, tell, me, tell me a film with a twist, you're going to say usual suspects, or you're going to say I see dead people. That's the two, isn't it? Six Sense. Yeah, six Sense. That's your two. Um, I would say so. I mean, that you still, when you see that scene at the end where Kevin Spacey's walking away and he fixes his wrist and he fixes his shoe and he starts walking, you're like, holy. You feel daft. You feel as if you've been, you feel you feel you been fucked. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's iconic, that scene. That scene's absolutely iconic. And I think the movies. Am I right in saying it's quite an underrated movie? I don't know if people speak about it enough when I talk about great movies. I don't think I speak about it enough when I talk about great movies. I think it's one of those films that came out and then it got eclipsed by Tarantino. And Maybe. I think like Pulp Fiction came out. Even Jackie Brown and just the whole Tarantino world mm. came through and yeah. that kind of put a shadow over it a little bit. It's why they films where me and my mate sit and talk and it's why they films from sitting in a house and I see it, I would stop and watch the rest of it because I think it's brilliant. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. I, I think because the biggest thing about it is the twist. Once you know it. Maybe, aye. It's not a film I would rushing to watch again. Mm. Although... It is a good film, but once you know that poop, it, right at the end, you know it, that is the biggest thing about it. They've, they've even done a, an episode in Derry's Girls about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. a problem having that big thing at the end of the film, though, because you lose track of anything good in that film up to that point, because Aye. it was a great film, and it took, you, you stayed with it until the end Aye. to get the reward of the twist. Aye. But that twist is all you'll think about, whereas the, the first two hours of that film was really, really good without oh, the twist. Oh, it's brilliant, man. But initially, yeah, yeah, you just don't think... It's definitely worth that second watch, same as the sixth sense, so that you then try and spot the parts it's, that you missed the I, first exactly. time. Do you, know, do you know where there's a lot of value in a film like that, in particular this one with a big twist? Watching it with someone that's not seen it. Aye. Because I do this a lot with my wife, like, for watching stuff that I've seen already. I'll have one eye on the telly and one eye on her reaction and stuff. <laughs> right? And it's amazing. And just seeing the shock on the face of, oh my God, I can't believe that's just happened. Mm-hmm. I, I, I quite, I don't know why, I'm a bit weird. I like showing people stuff that I've seen that they've not seen. Yeah, when I sat and watched Ozark during last year's lockdown, I don't really see it. I've heard a lot about it, but oh, I've never actually watched it's it. It's fucking brilliant. My missus had never seen it. And we are struggling for things to watch. And I says, look, watch Ozark. I'd already watched the first season. And I think the second season... They were already out, so I was like, right, I want to watch it, I want to watch it. And I was the exact same. One eye on the Terry and one eye on her watching yeah. one. But I think I might do that watching Usual Suspects. I don't think Nicholas seen Usual Suspects. So I might watch it again <laughs> just to see her reaction to it. Because it's, I mean, everybody knows, no, it's one of the kind of films where you mention Kaiser Sozy. Yeah. It's a household name. Yeah, that's when people know that. Know that film is the Kaiser Sozi film. Exactly. So, as I said, I think it's overlooked, underrated a wee bit. But I can see what Jack's saying. Once you know what happens, yeah, aye, that's it. Your your load's kind of shot. That's a way to put it. Brian Brian Singer directed that. He obviously went on to direct all these sort of really massive CGI type films. I don't know a lot about directing films, right? Obviously. But what makes you take the jump for that? Do you not think you would want to be a director of a film like Usual Suspects, where it's it's more about the, the story and stuff like that, rather than directing to green screen all the time? Exactly. I don't know. Like, I don't it's know. a weird jump to go for a movie like that. It's a wee bit like... What's his name? Todd Phillips. Directed right. the old school, The Hangover. What did he just direct recently? The Joker. Right, so okay. Going, it's a weird jump as well. Do you need to earn your stripes though to get yourself a job? I don't know, maybe, 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 to, to get yourself a CGI budget like I know, that. I don't know. I mean, 
I see, I mean, I was looking, and we're talking about what year we're going to do, and I was looking through, like, box office and all that, and, and what Jack's saying there, like, Brian Singer going to do big CGI, I, mean, I don't know if I'd, I, I don't know if it's just me, I would rather, if I'm a director, sitting and talking to an actor about the performance and what we're going to do in the story here, the character arc, your, your character's been on and gone on and all that stuff, but if that's what your bag is, it's, not, it's, it's just not the real though, is it? It's not nah. Tom Hanks talking to Beach Ball, shite. Um, oh, that major drum, fuck me. He's another guy that's been a, <laughs> another guy that's been accused of sexual assault, by the way. Um, I don't know Roy much. Singer? Yes, didn't, didn't know that until I've just googled him there. Yeah, yeah. He, did a TV, he did a TV show and he got in trouble for his baby on that as well. Right, okay, so. so um, and Kevin Spacey, I had a great time. <laughs> 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 what a rap party that was. <laughs> 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 any, any good cartoons that came out that year, Jack? Oh! Oh, the, oh. the greatest one? Yes. yes. Uh, to- it's got to be t- Toy Story came out, yeah, you forget. 1995. I can't believe I was 1995 that came out. I cannot believe that. Uh, best cartoon movie of them all, in my opinion. It still stands up as it the best, does. I think, yes. It and my two kids can, have, can testify to that, yes. It's, it's definitely up there for me. I'm, I'm struggling to think of something better, but I just don't want to jump in at full commitment and say it's the best cartoon oh, ever. You're the one you think he's on better because you want to shit in a parade. You're no, I don't. I love Toy Story. I love it. It's, it's Pixar. Steve Jobs is involved in it. Um, ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
Just Boys got them now. Still plays them now. Oh, he's got Woody, he's got Buzz, and that's what I mean. It's 1995, man. That's mental. Do you know what I mean? That's I went to see the most recent one at the cinema, but I was about what, seven or eight years ago now. The toy, oh, was it Toy Story? I can't mind. I went, I went to see one of them and I was. Yeah, I was crying. I was crying in the cinema, man. Like, fuck up. Yeah. I was, um, there was tears, tears in the cinema when I, when I watched it into a cartoon. I'm quite soft when it comes to film sometimes, you know, especially. Especially if I've got a hangover. This has been spoken about before. It's the same. Oh, like, a hangover, man, like, see, like a sun, Sunday TV. I can only watch things like. I don't know, a Taskmaster or something, something that I know is going to have nothing that's got any emotion in it, man. Yeah. Uh, but Toy Story, th- yeah, Toy Story three or four, man, was get got me right in the feels for sure. Yeah. Monsters Inc. Um, was decent, I know. I like that. Finding Nemo, because that's probably my top three. If I was to pick a top three, the Toy Story, Monsters Inc., and Finding Nemo would probably be my three up at the top. Because there's so many of them now, but there's cars, there's. Bikes, there's <coughs> all sorts. You know, Coco was a good one recently. Yeah, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Inside Out was really good as well. Really clever. Really clever. What was the one Jamie Fox did the voice of? The musician. That was quite good. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. That was that was. I watched that. I think Karen's got that recorded. Um, it's only one. It's good. I've got some. I'll pretty much unblemished record. Jane Austen wrote a lot of good books. Sense and Sensibility. Emma. Various other things, and it was brought forward in 1995 for a new generation through the movie Clueless. Stephen, Alicia Silverstone, Paul Rudd. <coughs> I shouldn't have let you near the fucking document, you. Well, Jesus. Clueless. The only <laughs> good thing I heard about that there, it was all kind of noise in the movie Clueless. They disrespect to Clueless. It, maybe some of your listeners are big fans of Clueless, but Paul Rudd's the only good thing there, really. No, he's Alicia Silverstone's a good thing. I don't know. If you're not close, don't you end up and don't get mean girls, you don't get 10 things I hate about you. Alicia Silverstone disappeared pretty quickly <laughs> after it, no? She, she was Batwoman, remember? No. Sorry, we're going to say this on a podcast, but I pointed at my nipples there. <laughs> 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 she, she had the suit with the nipples. Um, I, Clueless, <clears throat> my wife likes it. She used to watch it a lot when I was younger. Uh, I can't really comment too much, but I can't remember much about it. I remember at the time it coming out thinking Alicia Silverstone's a very attractive girl. Uh, Jack, oh. <laughs> I'm out. That's me. Uh, Paul Rudd still looks the same. Ah, he's just like, cool, and he's just he's like he's that man now, isn't he? Aye. Is, that, is it work he's getting done? I don't know. Like, how does he look the fucking exact it's, same? Like, I, I I believe Paul Rudd is the type of guy that just takes life as it comes, man. He just seems quite chilled. It's like Pharrell. Pharrell's a vampire. Aye. He looks the same as he did like 25 years ago. Well, Paul Rudd's the same as him then. Aye, that sort of, I don't know if it's a... Mu- it must be that Hollywood water. Or uh-huh. some sort of moisturising diary or something he's got. I don't know. It's not really something I'll do. Um, Stephen, I don't know if you've ever seen this film. It's called Casino. <laughs> <laughs> right, Casino. Oh, man. Right, this is... Two good years, man. 94, the last one. 95, is fucking class. But... <sighs> Again... Underrated, in my opinion. A lot of people say it's like a poor man's Goodfellas. They say it was overshadowed by Goodfellas a wee bit. But Casino for me is... It is... What I liked about it was... Is Joe Pesci kind of had De Niro on the back foot. Throughout the full film, I think. Do you know what I mean? Where De Niro... I'm a massive De Niro fan, as you know. You watch Goodfellas, you watch Raging Bull. You'll see things in Raging Bull... Where <laughs> the 
De Niro. Finally, I get what I'm saying. Is it about but, chasing the bulls? Ah, ah. <laughs> 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 no, but Casino. I think one of the standouts of Casino was Joe Pesci, and Sharon Stone was fucking phenomenal. She was phenomenal, and as a character actor, and kind of not the biggest part in it, James Woods, fucking outstanding, outstanding actor. And casting is phenomenal in it. Like, mm. I think that's. I prefer Casino to Goodfellas, Aye. which is probably something that not a lot of people say. And Casino's basically how this podcast came about. I think we were having a conversation mm-hmm. about it on one of the sort of first interview we done with yourself, Stephen, mm-hmm. and we decided, right, you obviously love Casino and love that's films in general, so that's what we're doing this for. But Casino's definitely up there, man, for that sure. Uh, soundtrack is well. The soundtrack, yeah. I've got, I don't have the one-star review in front of me, right, but <sighs> there is a one-star review and uh, it's by some guy and the reason he's gave it one star is because the music is too good <laughs> it's genuinely it's genuinely that's the, the four or five words uh, music was too good I don't know if he was trying to get it, the music took away from the film I don't, or if he was just a fucking idiot I think he was just an idiot but yeah one star because the music was too good the animals singing House of the Rising Sun and just watch that movie I think it's when all of the kind of monsters start getting killed at the end and just as De Niro's car blew up and they're all fucking Nicky Santoro's been fucking buried in the desert. Uh, it's just, looking back, like, the, the scene they had in the desert, G- uh, Joe Pesci's performance in this scene where he's fucking screaming at De Niro, don't ever go over my head again, you don't out here, you only exist out here because of me. Just watch him going, I mean, these guys... I, I mean, there's not many people I've watched couldn't like get a blow the knee off screen. But Joe Pesci in that movie is he's phenomenal in Goodfellas, but for me in Casino, he's fucking electric, man. Yeah, yes. he's electric. Him and Sean Stone are just on a different planet. <coughs> it's a film that's almost three hours and Aye. it doesn't drag. No. It doesn't have an unnecessary act. It's no. literally every part of it's golden, no. which is when you get into that sort of running time in a film, you can usually cut 20, 25 minutes out of it, it's not needed. But with that film, it, everything in it is important. It's there for a reason. If anything, like maybe not the best thing to say in a movie podcast, I dream of a world sometimes where Casino is genuinely like a 12, 20 part HBO series. Look at me going back to the origin. How did they meet each other? That would work. That would, would work. It would work. It's a true experience. I mean, I think it's Nicholas Pelleggi wrote the book, Kind of Wise Guy, and then wrote Casino, and Scorsese's he's obviously seen these books and went, right. And obviously Goodfellas is real Henry Hill and these characters like Nicky Santoro and Ace Rostein they're based on real characters in fucking Las Vegas at the time so you're going if HBO were one to get the origins of that they could start that could be a fucking absolute be amazing four, five, six, seven part series like The Sopranos or something you know what I mean so could be tremendous do you think we're in a world now where we're past that the, the, the Sopranos and a gangster series like that like there's that much TV nowadays as well that People just aren't as interested, I don't know. Like we're, we're, we're guys that are nearly 40. But it's definitely an issue with <coughs> TV viewing figures aren't really where. But I'd still do think that the quality stuff does still make its way through. If you look at some of the stuff that like HBO and Premium Cable are doing, mm-hmm. there's for all the shit that's out there, there's so much reality crap, particularly in America, there's networks just for reality stuff. Mm-hmm. But even things like Better Call Saul that's coming through and stuff like that just now, they're, the really, really good stuff, I think, is outstanding. But you have to 
swim through a lot of shit. There just seems to be a lot of Marvel stuff. Like that's the thing that kind of gets me. Is yeah, there's, there's a million different TV shows about Marvel that's characters. What I was, yeah, I mean, when you say that, that's what I was thinking. That's what has that for me isn't it really? It's not really my bag. <clears throat> that and what Colm was saying. I think reality TV has killed the TV we grew up loving. I think reality TV is like it's everywhere now. Like you go to these channels, it's like keeping up with Kardashians. Love Ireland tonight, it's gonna to be starting. Right. Keeping up with Kardashians has just finished yeah. by the way, Carl was telling me. Keep up with that. <laughs> <laughs> but all these things, whoever, I mean, don't get me wrong, these people that have got involved in stuff like reality TV, like Love Island, like Big Brother, like fucking Keeping up with Kardashians, they're clever people, man. They're going, this is seven days. People want to watch it. People want to watch These guys must be off a fortune, but. I do still think there is a window there. I don't think it's as big as what it was then with Sopranos and movies like the same stuff. But I think if you were to get something made the new about like a gangster, whatever, like a serious drama or a genre, like a gangster genre thing, I mean, you want to look at Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders is a BBC show. It is HBO quality. Yeah. It is absolute. The costumes, the writing, the direction, the performances, the sets, everything is HBO quality where you could go... HBO made that and I believe you. Yeah. You know the BBC have got budgets, they can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's few and far between. Mm-hmm. I just think for people, TV isn't, there's nothing as appointment viewing anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, see the idea of everybody rushing in because first night at nine o'clock mm-hmm. it's time for such and such. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't happen. People discover things now at different mm-hmm. times and some people discover shows two, three, four years after they've aired and that's uh, where we are now. Exactly. Streaming and boxing. And then it takes a clicky button on your phone on social media yeah. to go, this was on four years ago, but I'm just going to flick to through and see what happened at the end. Yeah. And you already know when it's done. Do you know well, funny enough, during lockdown, we've started watching something just got 17 seasons. And we're into season seven now. 17? Yeah, we're into season you seven. Keep it up with your lashes. It's Grey's Anatomy, so it is. It's Grey's Anatomy. Honestly, mate, I isolated that show for such a long time, right? And then I watched some of it, and it's amazing. And Kevin so McKinnon's an expert on it. He's, well. he's great in it. He's really, really good. Um, Maybe try and get on this podcast. I don't care. What old does he steal from you? Eh? What old does he steal from you? Oh man, too many to mention. But I, that's that's the issue with that. I'm season seven seasons in. Mm -hmm. I know naturally some of the actors have moved on and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But Mm -hmm. not googling and trying to find out stuff, I pick up my phone and put it back down again all the time. He's honestly like he's living the room with that man. He's I mean he directs a lot now as well, and he's he's been yeah. Uh, no, he came in about season four as a trauma, a trauma soldier, and then he got a job as the head of trauma. He knows his stuff. <laughs> Is this a ginger guy? Yeah. Right. Okay. And he married just in a yang. Um, that's where that's where. I'm heavy pounding, Colin. I watched it. I watched the first seven or eight series. Series. I'll get there eventually. When it was live in inverted commas. Yeah. I did fall away from it after season eight, Colin. Seventeen seasons, though. That's a big kiss. That's that's what. How many episodes are in a season? Twenty-four. Oh mate, come on! You won't watch Raging Bull for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> During lockdown, right? We've watched but eight seasons of Below Deck. Five seasons of Below Deck. You won't watch Raging Bull. Five seasons of Married at First Sight Australia. Married. Oh come, come, fucking it. But we might watch Raging Bull once we finish season seventeen. Right? But I'll tell you what, when I finish Grey's, Raging Bull's on the list. Right? Oh, Raging Stephen again, man. <laughs> um, we'll finish off really quickly just with um, a little bit of look at the trash. Of 1995, because we've talked about a lot of the really, really good stuff, but there was some really, really poor yes. stuff there as well. Um, there's a wee list here, but the one that jumps out for me, Jack, 
showgirls. It served one purpose and one purpose only. I'd be no, definitely chugging away to that as a child, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's that, that, uh, that, that bitterness in the pool. <laughs> remember it. Yep. Yes. Like, it's, yep. Uh, I was yep. 11 at the time or whatever. So, what else were you going to do? You know, like, there's other things like I'm not pulling the head off it to Judge Dredd, for example. That was at 95. Well, the right <laughs> I think one of the biggest ones in 95, but it was the most ex- one of the most expensive movies of all time. What world? Okay. Well, Kevin Costner. Is that? So we, I, I, exactly at the time, I think Avatar and stuff, that's probably more expensive aye, now, aye. but yeah, it was. And it lost a very good I think. Aye. It lost a very good I think. Aye. Can I destroy Kevin Costner for a while in that movie, didn't it? Because he listed Kevin Costner for a while in that movie, didn't it? Because he listed Kevin Costner for a while in that movie, didn't it? Because he listed Kevin Costner for a while in that movie, didn't it? Because he listed Kevin Costner for a while in that movie, didn't it? Because he listed Kevin Costner for a while in that movie, didn't it? Because he listed Kevin Costner for a while in that movie, didn't it? Because he listed Kevin I don't think it was, I remember watching it and thinking it was actually not bad film. Like it wasn't fucking terrible. Yeah. Like it wasn't fucking showgirls or Johnny Manonic Manonic, you know. Was that Keanu? Keanu. Keanu was Keanu. Keanu. I mean that was absolute fucking garbage. Mighty Morph from Power Rangers was it ninety five as well. Oh. I was the first one I ever went to see with myself, to be fair. Um my mum took me to the cinema. I went, I went to see that and she went, I'm not going to go see that. But she let me go with myself. So Power another Rangers, memory. Power Rangers was quite racist when you look back on it. Right. Like right. the black Power Ranger was black, right. the girl Power Ranger was pink. Uh, the yellow one was from China, yeah, wasn't you? Yeah. It's, uh, it's quite problematic. Yeah. Back then, it was the best thing ever. And uh, you talked about it was like you're having a hard time getting to Christmas. Power Rangers were the big. Power Rangers was more. Uh, it's yeah. more often time, man. Yeah. That still was a bit like. There's a bit. Bloody a thousand different versions of Power Rangers on TV. Now, I watched. Well, there's quite a few of them. Uh, Power Rangers was a was a Chinese or a Japanese TV. I think it was a Japanese TV show. And when they made the first couple of seasons of Power Rangers, it was actually the, the toy company mm-hmm. that bought the rights to this Japanese program. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they filmed all the parts without helmets on with the American actors. And then just sliced in all this old footage from old Japanese TV show <laughs> and made the Power Rangers on the cheap because of that. All the effects, all the Power Rangers stuff. Mm-hmm. It was this old programme they bought for peanuts from Japan or somewhere. Oh. And oh, it was, what's the name oh, of the toy company? Um, Hasbro? Hasbro, that's the one. Hasbro. The m- they, they just bought the IP, pumped out the toys, and the guy made absolute fortunes. a really good podcast about it. Um, it tells you the whole story of Hasbro and what, how they did it. But... Power Rangers was literally a piss take of an old show. But that's genius, but that's genius in the yeah. fortune. Can I just say about 95, there's one film I've got to mention that I wanted to mention that's got a special place in my heart. Friday. Is that because of a... Is that the one with... Um, it's just... it's. It just reminds me a lot of Smoke Weed when I was younger. Like Age Cube and Christopher. Oh, right, that's not what I was thinking of, but yeah, okay, I do. Were well, you thinking of the horror film? I'm thinking of Freaky Friday. Oh, no, right. I thought you thinking of Friday 13th or something. Yeah, I Freaky Friday with the strip. Oh, Friday was just a film I remember seeing and just going, that's just two guys just sitting talking. I mean, just sitting Smoke Weed and just talking on a porch and I went through. I went through a, a stage in my life where I smoked a bag of grass, and mm-hmm. those films are very much high up in the mm-hmm. order. Um, that half baked mm-hmm. with Dave Chappelle was Aye. one that we watched. Mm-hmm. That was at a time the DVD got, got dished about because I don't think you could get it here. And it one, I was at, it was like an import DVD. Yeah, and I had I got, it before you, man. If it was jumping the scratch, uh, scratch you'll probably box as a roach in it now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Friday's a classic and Dangerous Minds. 
because I had a crush on Michelle Pfeiffer when I was younger. Coolio featuring Elvin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was Michelle Pfeiffer your first crush that you can remember? My first crush. Do you know what I really liked when I was younger? Terry Hatcher. Oh, from Lewis and Clark. There you go. Uh, Actually, no, I, I thought you were going to say something about a bit sort of left field. Terry Hatcher was like one of the most hard. beautiful women in the uh, world. I don't see it Desperate Housewives last thing she done. Aye. Um, Desperate Housewives. Uh, and I also had a crush on Salma Hayek. Oh, and then Dan's in Desperado. Not That was a Quite the Thing media production.